Welcome to another episode of My Loop Syrup here. My name is Dr. Shivani Kamodia, and today I am joined with my co-host and the founder of the podcast, Dr. Priyanka Patel, and our guest today is Dr. Nardine Beckett. She is a chiropractor and a new mom in Ottawa, Canada, and as a musculoskeletal health expert, she has a special interest in helping dental professionals provide care without having to sacrifice their muscle and joint health in the process. So you can find her on Instagram. She's at Curly Pyro and she shares such amazing information and really fun and creative ways to empower dentists and empower patients to take better care of their health um, and provide tools. So we're really excited to have you on the show today. I think the wisdom and the knowledge you have to share um, as a chiropractor is so pertinent to dentistry. Um, but also your wisdom on entrepreneurship and motherhood, um, exactly what we love to talk about here. So I'm excited to have you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Great. Um, So uh, like I said, we're here today with Priyanka as well. So if you hear this third voice, if you want to say hello. (laughs) Hi, guys. Excited to be here. Nardine, thank you so much for joining us this especially with what I'm personally going through right now, this could not be more relevant. Um, you know, I've been having a lot of low back pain and um, low, like that's, you know, referred its way down to my leg. And so it's one of those things where it really, you know, dentistry, you know, is really hard on your body. And so I'm so looking forward to kind of breaking down, you know, what you've been seeing and especially what, you know, pertaining to our career and, you know, any tips and tricks that you have for myself and, you know, of course, our audience as well. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear you're uh, having a rough time right now, Priyanka. Unfortunately, your story is all too common. Um, But uh, like I I like to say, you know, it's common, but it's not normal. And um, that's really what I want to challenge. Um, dentists and dentists to be uh, is to challenge their thinking around, oh, okay, if I'm going to pursue a career in dentistry, I'm doomed to a life of pain and um, carpal tunnel and hunchback posture. Um, those are the kind of the things that I, I, I hear a lot. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I've seen that there's so much fear around just developing these debilitating conditions and taking away from productivity and um, sometimes even uh, forcing people into early retirement. Um, But I like to approach things from a place of power. um, And that's why I love educating um, and working with this population. Um, It's, uh, it's, it's really just so rewarding because, well, first of all, the information is always so well received. I feel like there's a a lot of thirst and, like people are almost like craving this kind of information. I don't think it's something that's talked about a lot. Um, and it, it really is life-changing when you put power back into patients' hands and help educate them on, okay, well, you know, why is this happening? And what are some things I can do to manage and prevent these issues? Yeah, that is such a juicy topic. It's so, it's so important for dentists and so many other professions as well. Um, but very specific, like that is the mindset. Like you said, we kind of say it's sign this unsaid contract or it's an unsaid rule. If you're a dentist, you're going to have back pain. And yet is there a different way to look at it? And I love that you come from a place of power as opposed to, 
um, it seems more like prevention as opposed to like repairing something that's broken. So I love that you're able with social media, you're able to reach people at all points of their career, because if you can prevent from the beginning and come from a place of power, that's amazing. Um, So what would your, I guess your top tips be for if a dentist is interested, like if a listener is interested in learning more, where should they start? The first place I'd start is um, with mindset. So I uh, I like to say dentistry is like an athletic event. Um, so congratulations, you're an athlete. And uh, I would take the approach of, you know, you're training for this. It's more like an endurance sport in, in this situation. Um, and so it's almost like a life encompassing approach. Um, and so even things that you do inside the operatory and outside the operatory uh, would, would all work towards that to having a long healthy career as a dentist um so that's the that's the first thing and um so that comes to you know the kind of movement and the kind of uh activities you're doing outside of the uh, outside of the dental office so for example um being mindful of you know some very basic spinal hygiene practices like are you sleeping on a good mattress are you do you use a good pillow um, all of that, especially because at nighttime, where that's our recovery time from all the physical stresses of the day. So it's such an easy and simple fix that can really go such a long way for um, managing and preventing pain. Um, and stress management is another big factor. We all know the stress affects our bodies in more ways than one. Um, and I can really amplify a lot of, um, you know, musculoskeletal disorders if uh, we're not managing our stress properly. Um, And introducing a variety of movement, having a healthy diet of different types of movement, different ways we challenge our bodies. Um, It's kind of the same concept as uh, nutrition where, you know, a healthy diet consists of a lot of varied things. And, uh, you know, you could eat kale 24 seven, but even though kale is great for you, it's not going to, you're not going to be the epitome of health just eating kale. So um, I like to emphasize a combination of um, some sort of mindful movement. If yoga is your thing, great. I love yoga for that. Um, Aerobic exercise, getting our blood moving um, and just nourishing, um, nourishing our body from that standpoint, some sort of strengthening exercise, the most important thing is that it's something that you enjoy so that you're consistent with it. Um, and then in the operatory, looking at making sure you're u- making the best of your tools and patient positioning, but also just varying your movement throughout the day. Um, there's this idea that we need to have you know, this very perfect straight posture. And if we're doing anything but that, then we're gonna put ourselves at risk when that in fact is not true your the best posture is your next posture so getting to you know introduce different uh different positioning and different movements throughout the day is really the most protect one of the most protective things that you can do for yourself whoa that's so interesting i would have never thought that patient or um variating or variation of your spine is so important throughout the day you're right i have this idea that like i have to be with a straight spine all day throughout the day that's really impressive. So what I heard you say is that there's almost like five things then it's like, it's five points that you usually touch on mindset, spinal hygiene, stress management, healthy and mindful movement with variation. 
and then um, patient positioning in the operatory and um, variation of spinal position in the operatory. Wow, that is really powerful information. Priyanka, you want to share something? Yeah, I think there's like so much to unpack. You know, I Shivani, I think you did such a great job of kind of summarizing it all. I'd love to go back to kind of what you were talking about with mindset, because I think, I mean, this comes down to even just when we're talking to patients about certain, you know, forming certain habits. Let's say, for example, it's flossing for us, right? Like that's the one thing that we're always fighting the patients on. So just to even unpack like mindset, how does, or what have you found that's really successful your, for your clients, such as dentists like ourselves to, you know, change our mindset towards making the necessary tweaks in our day-to-day behavior, as well as, you know, for, for example, for myself, like, you know, I want to do these things. I want to be better. I want to incorporate these exercises. I want to want to want to want to do all these things but then when it comes down to executing I I I have a hard time you know when it comes to my own personal self-care and in in especially in this because it's kind of like we talked about before you know you set yourself up like oh well it's bound to happen well it doesn't have to happen it doesn't happen to every dentist so what are some things that you've when you've worked with your clients that you found like has worked for them or that you've introduced to them to help shift their mindset to start making some of these big, you know, lifestyle changes? That's a great question, Priyanka. And I know I just listed off a ton of things. Um, And I think the most important thing is that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach. So taking it one step at a time, starting with the smallest, easiest, simplest thing, uh, just to get momentum going in the right direction and start to um, foster this, you know, um, this attitude of like, yes, I can do this. Like I can, I can, I don't have to do a complete overhaul of my life right now. Um, but you can start small. It's the easiest thing, uh, just to kind of just nudge things in that direction, I think is the, is the best way to set yourself up for success. And I think it's something that applies to a lot of different things when we're trying to make big changes. Um, it's kind of just one, one bite at a time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's so important. I, you, you feel it's, you know, it's so easy to when you're motivated to kind of make these changes, I feel like it's so easy to be like, I want to do it all. And I want to do it all right now. You know, and I think that that it's almost that like New Year's resolution mentality, you know, where you're trying to get it all done right away. And it's not you're not able to sustain it. And I think by the taking it on with those, like I said, bite-sized pieces and just small, small wins and small achievements and adding it in certain ways that will. I mean, I think that's so relatable when it comes to even what we talk about with our patients and all of that. Love this conversation so far. I have a pretty direct question that I'm really curious about. Uh, I'm going to make it a little personal about me if you guys don't mind. (laughs) So I am a young dentist. I've only been practicing for three years. I've never really had any back pain before. Um, I do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of strict training and, you know, mindful movement in general. I think I have pretty decent patient positioning and habits inside the office. Um, So I've always been curious about myself. If I want to be preventative, how, like, should I be seeing a chiropractor? Should I, I know I've been, I've 
massage therapy is really good for me. I do have like a lot of muscle tension after working. So I've done that. I try to be consistent with that when I'm practicing dentistry. Um, But what would your advice be to like someone in my position who wants to be ahead of the, the ball on that? So Shivani, I love the proactiveness. It's music to my ears. Um, and uh, I'll give you an analogy um, to help kind of explain where, like what my thought is on this. So um, just like how we use our teeth on a daily basis, and there's gonna be, you know, the natural wear and tear plaque buildup. And so um, no one can go without a regular, you know, routine checkup just to, you know, having a professional take a look and see how things are going. Um, And I believe it's the same with our spines. Our spines are, you know, whether we're sitting at a desk all the time or if we're a pro athlete, there's always going to be something that, you know, it would be a good idea to get a professional assessment just to check in and see. And it's a great learning opportunity as well for the chiropractor to show you, okay, you know, these are some things that you could work on. and so, yes, I'm a big fan of getting a proactive, you know, assessment, just like or a wellness check or a spinal check, um, to get a sense of where things are, um, and uh, just you know, put even more power in your, in your hands about you know, okay, I understand now, like you know, if I'm having an issue, this is, um, you know, this could be what's causing it, um, and yeah, I think it's just great to just establish a relationship with a chiropractor that you trust um, just so that then if something does happen and you got to give them a call, then you're not just scrambling last minute to, to find someone. So, um, so yeah, so that's, yes, I would recommend. Um, I, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> awesome. Okay. That's such a great answer. Like a great analogy of your spines are like, just like any other part of your body, they should have regular checks and probably the most important part of your body, but, um, should have regular checks, just like a hygiene appointment, um, in dentistry. So I think that's a great analogy. And would you recommend like twice a year or, or like how, what's the frequency? And then another question along that line is what is, um, how do you recommend finding a chiropractor? I love that you mentioned like building a relationship that way you have somewhere to go if and when you really do um, have any issues that come up. So I wish I could give you a black and white answer of like, this is how many times you should go get checked. And fortunately it's a very individualized thing. Um, you kind of just have to go see one and see what they say. Um, yeah, I, I like I, I love how, you know, the dental profession is very like there's these um, you guys kind of have a lot of like numbers to like, you know, every six months and all that stuff. And um, it's not always that straightforward in our world, unfortunately. Um, and then how to go about finding a chiropractor. I think the referral of a friend or family member is usually the best way to go. Um, just, you know, getting a feel for, you know, have you seen someone? Are they good at what are your what was your, you know, what were they like? What was, what kind of things did you, what was your appointment like? And um, there is, chiropractors are kind of like a, a box of chocolates. Um, you never know what you're gonna get. There's a lot of diversity and variation, which um, can be both, you know, kind of confusing for the public, um, but also uh, wonderful in a way that um, we can serve a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Um, so if you kind of have a sense of what it is you're looking for, you know, word of mouth, I think is really great online reviews, um, checking them out on social media. Those are all wonderful ways to try to find someone. Um, 
to that point, uh, when someone, and I know this sounds, I don't know, I, I, I've never personally been to a chiropractor before, which now in hindsight, after having this conversation already for the last few minutes is, <laughs> I definitely should be going to see one. What can I expect at an appointment? I think that's one of those things is, you know, we as dentists, um, a lot of my friends have gotten, gotten, you know, a massage, they've gotten massages or we've done yoga or we've done these, all these other, um, we've implemented all these other things into our monthly routine or daily routine or whatever it may be um, to help, you know, uh, feed, you know, the health of our body. But what do we, what should we expect when we go to the chiropractor is the initial part, usually an exam. Is there a massage? Like I'm trying to, I, I, I know that I've always heard of adjustments. So I, I guess I just don't really know what an appointment looks like. That's, yeah. So um, your initial, your first visit should always be uh, a pretty comprehensive health history and physical assessment. So um, normally, you know, if someone's coming in with a chief complaint, it's usually pretty focused on that. Um, oftentimes, there will also be like a systems review, just something to just make sure that you're a good candidate for chiropractic care and you're at the right place at the right and at the right time. Um, so just kind of a, a general screen almost of the health and um, and then the physical exam will usually have a couple components to it. Usually we like to look at um, global range of motion. So how are you moving? Um, do any of those movements provoke pain? Then there's um, usually a neurological and orthopedic exam. So neurological meaning um, sometimes it's just basic like checking deep tendon reflexes um maybe some sensory or motor testing depending on what's going on with the patient orthopedic testing um would be trying to uh, put the patient in positions that would recreate pain not to torture the person but to help uh, the doctor narrow down the diagnosis so um so you have a better idea of you know what the issue is um there's usually some palpation so, um, you know, with the hands uh, feeling uh, muscles, joints, um, and uh, and then to wrap things up, usually the doctor will go over the exam findings with the patient, give a diagnosis, explain what's going on, um, propose a way forward, uh, whether that's a treatment plan or a referral out somewhere else or sending out for additional testing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, then there's the informed consent process. So nothing is ever done without first fully explaining to the patient what is going on, um, what they're going to do to help and um, the risks and benefits associated with it. So uh, treatment could be um, various different things. Um, so you mentioned adjustments, that's kind of our bread and butter. Uh, so that in layman's terms, it's adjustments and more technical terms, we call it spinal manipulative therapy. Um, we also do manipulation of extremities as well. Um, and so that's really just helping restricted joints move a little bit better with a very gentle, um, with a, a gentle low force movement to put it very, very simply. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense. Priyaka, you asked the question that I was wondering as well, is like, what does that, what does a visit even look like? And then what what type of treatments are options? So I love how you phrased that, um, that the type of like gentle adjustments, gentle movements, spinal manipulation, things like that. So it gives more context. And I don't think it's talked about enough. And you've probably seen that as a void with, um, our profession in dentistry is like, 
you're right, dentists go to a lot of massage therapists, but they do not go to the chiropractor as much as they should. Um, and I like that you said it's kind of like you're like a box of chocolates, right? You never, you know, there's all different types of chiropractors that all specialize in different things. That's the same thing with dentistry, right? Like some people are more focused on cosmetics or um, replacing missing teeth. You know, there's a whole variation of types of dentistry as well. And if I were going to the dentist for a specific reason, I would want to be treated by someone who was an expert in that. So how is, are there specific chiropractors that, um, have like a different school of thought or like a specific mindset that's more applicable to dentists or pretty much across the board, the training does, does cover, I mean, we're like any other patient, but (laughs) I don't know if that question makes sense. Uh, yeah, so I kind of see where you're going with this. So, um, I would say like a general chiropractor would probably be able to figure out what's going on and, you know, provide excellent help. Um, so, you know, you don't really find people that are necessarily specialized in treating dentists. Um, but the, uh, the work that I do and I, the, where I feel, I think where I feel like I'm kind of making a bit of a, more of a difference is, um, just kind of understanding the specific challenges that are that dental professionals face. Um, and so I put in a lot of time just like learning the jargon and all of the uh, the different, um, you know, the, 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 what the demands of uh, being a dentist would be just to help educate, um, just to, to help provide a little bit more thorough education. Um, and, um, and, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy doing as well is talking to other chiropractors and teaching them what I've put in the time to learn, uh, just to, to help them understand a little bit better. But, um, you know, our training is really thorough and really anyone, like any um, licensed chiropractor should be able to help. Um, so you started to kind of get into this, um, and it seems like it was more because of interest, but what specifically really drove you to treat dentists? I'm just so curious because I think it's, you know, that there's a lot of elements out there. There are a lot of different professions or even just the average person, you know, can have, you know, things happen to their body. But what is it specifically about our profession that really um, interested you so that, you know, you started to almost, you know, develop this niche of treating dentists? So I, I, I believe I come by it authentically. <laughs> um, I uh, had always, I've always had a very, um, like I, I've always loved the dental profession from a young age. I loved my dentist <laughs> and my hygienist. We had a really great relationship and um, oral hygiene was always super important in my household. And my mom is a dental assistant. Um, and so she kind of kept us all on top of that. And so I always knew I wanted a career in healthcare for myself. And for a long time, I thought I'll be a dentist. Um, I just, you know, medicine wasn't a good fit for me, the lifestyle and I not, uh, not crazy about blood and needles and that stuff. So it was kind of, I had written that off, but for some reason, oral surgery never spooked me the way, <laughs> um, medicine did. But anyways, um, so yeah, so that was my personal career trajectory up until I found out about chiropractic and then things kind of took a shift there. Uh, just, I really loved, um, 
kind of just doing something unconventional <laughs> and the uh, and, and getting to help people with my hands and um, help promote healthy active living, which was something I had always been really passionate about. So uh, while in chiropractic school, I was getting married between my second and third year. And uh, my mom at the time was working in a really busy orthodontic office. And of course, um, in preparation for the wedding, I wanted the perfect smile. So even though I had done a round of braces in high school, I was like, you know what, let's just get a little bit more perfect. And so we did some Invisalign. And I remember just being in this massive office and looking around at all the hygienists hunched over their patients and thinking, wow, their backs must really hurt. And at that point, I resolved to um, you know, make it my life's work <laughs> to help this population. And uh, so graduated school and started my practice. And, um, you know, I remembered this promise that I made to myself. <laughs> and so I started off by doing lunch and learns in dental offices. And um, so I didn't know anything. And um, I am not a genius by any stretch of the imagination. So all I really did was I dove headfirst into all of the research and anything I could find online. I read it, I consumed it, and then I put together a presentation just, you know, based on the best available evidence at the time. And um, so I pride myself on being able to, um, you know, use my knowledge to, uh, you know, find that information and put it together in a way that's easy to explain, um, easy to understand. And so I was doing these lunch and learns, had a really awesome time going into dental offices um, and then COVID happened. And so I was no longer able to do in-person presentations. And so then I had to do another pivot and uh, there I was with a lot more time and energy on my hands than I knew what to do with. And so I started taking that information and putting it online on my Instagram on Curly Cairo. Um, and then from there it just took off and it led to opportunities that I could not have even dreamed would be possible. Um, so I, I got the opportunity to speak to dental students all over the United States and um, and it's just been such a wild ride since and so fulfilling. And I, I at the time when I, re I remember when I was um, putting my stuff up online, I was like, you know, I think like, I'm like, I would, I'm not sure where this will go. I'm not sure anyone really cares. But um, of course, as a chiropractor, I follow a billion other chiropractors and physiotherapists, and I can see um, a lot of content being put out that was specific to office workers and working from home and desk posture. And I was like, but no one's talking to the dentist. Maybe I will. <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, I think that's what set me apart. Um, in a you know and it's been wonderful and haven't looked back since wow that's so amazing well thank you for serving us we really appreciate it <laughs> i mean i think it's you know i like i had mentioned before you know my issues are l5s1 which i'm sure is a common dental injury my aunt uh in india had a c1 c2 issues uh i mean it's there's so many things that you see and it's so amazing that you've been able to take your knowledge, um, expand it, and then really be able to serve a population that is ourselves that really need it. How has it been for you to, you know, make that shift into this kind of online presence and, you know, build this, you know, build your Curly Cairo pl platform 
for dentists as part of it? And, you know, what has that journey been like for you? So it's been a really interesting journey. Um, and for a long time, like when I, I started Curly Cairo years ago, and I didn't really have any direction for it. I didn't really know what I want to do. Like I just, I saw the people doing Instagram, I'm like, okay, I guess I should be on Instagram. And, um, and you can kind of see if you scroll back on my post, like there's some, you know, like, I don't know, I look at some of those posts now and I cringe, I'm like, eh, what was I doing? But um, I, I'm, I'm really glad at the direction it's taken. I feel like what I'm doing now is a lot more meaningful. And it kind of came from just observing that today's patient really wants, um, they create, they want education and they want to be entertained at the same time. And a lot of people, when they're scrolling through Instagram, a lot of the content that gets shared and that gets, um, that picks up a lot of traction is kind of just like a nugget of, you know, information that's just quick and easy and like, just, you know, that, that's just easy to share, easy to implement. Um, and so kind of just learning how to, how do you take like a 45 minute presentation and just like shrink it down into a really small small amount of time especially because when i started it was igtv but now it's reels and that's even shorter and um so that definitely has its challenges um but uh, i you know i think if any healthcare professional wants to market themselves on instagram or whatever online platform i think that there's a huge potential there to um, to reach your target audience um, and to let people see who you are before they come into the door. I think people really want to choose providers that resonate with them. It's no longer, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, I'll just see whoever. People want to see someone that they that they trust, that they can relate to, and it provides an opportunity for that too. And that's why my my page isn't exclusively educational content it's you know a peek into my life and the things that i love and um and things that i'm passionate about i love that that's so true i love to do my my research before i go to to see any healthcare provider um i think you're right there's there's a vibe to people now and i want to make sure that i'm aligned with with i'm vibing with them you know <laughs> um and i think it's so interesting that Dentistry and chiropractic are very similar in the sense that we are traditional professions that tip, like when you think about it, we wouldn't really be able to work virtually um, and, or to build a business virtually. Uh, so I think it's amazing that you've been able to, to create this shift and this pivot into entrepreneurship for yourself. Um, and you don't have to physically be with a patient to be able to deliver the information that they need and that you can, you can educate and inspire and create trust with people before they walk into your office. So I love that. And I think it's inspiring for dentists because so many dentists now are, um, like for myself, um, wanting, like, I, I don't want to be tied to a specific office location. I don't want to be tied to a specific schedule. And it seems really intimidating when you're coming from a traditional profession like this, where there's not many other people doing it. So you don't really have, there's no handbook of how to do it. So I think you're setting um, a beautiful example for other colleagues in your profession and for dentists as well. So thank you. Thanks, Ravani. Um, yeah, I find it really interesting how you say, you know, it's a very traditional profession and, you know, 
the older generation looks at what we're doing and kind of scoffs and says, oh, you know, there's no way this is going to lead to in, you know, more business or this is unprofessional and, you know, how could you just put information out on the internet? And um, I think that, you know, our generation is really changing things and you know, changing how we, um, how we engage with the public. And I, I love to see the, the, this, this shift. Um, I think it's, I think it's the way forward. I think it's, it's innovative and um, I've never seen people so excited about changing their health and taking things into their own hands. So I think it's really great. So I think Nardine, that's such a great point. You know, I, Instagram and social media has done such a great job of um, providing, you know, our followers or people that are interested in what you're doing, like these little nuggets of information that you were mentioning. And I think what's so amazing is that when I take a look at something, I crave more, you know, I want to learn more. I want to explore more. I, it has allowed me to find answers. And I think that has forced me to be more invested when it comes into, when it comes to my own health, because I've done the research from, let's say, for example, from looking at your page, you know, for talking about health and wellness, right. Versus, that information being, you know, forced upon me, I've, you know, explored and I'm not being bombarded by all these things. I get these little nuggets that are just really easy to digest. And that I feel like naturally keeps people more engaged. And I think that that's why it's, why going this route is going to prove to be really successful with this generation. Yeah, and I don't think that, you know, putting out educational content is ever going to make us obsolete. Like, I think that there's always going to be a need for our services. There's things that, you know, patients can't always fix all of their things themselves. Um, and, you know, there's without it goes without saying that there is so much value in a personalized assessment and diagnosis that, um, you know, and, and that also leads me to say that, you know, sometimes one of the challenges we face is setting boundaries. Um, you know, I don't know how many times it hasn't happened to me yet, but um, I've heard it frequently happening where people are kind of DMing their personal, you know, I have this, what do I do? And, you know, you have to draw the line. Like I can't provide medical advice online. You need to see someone and, and have an actual consultation and assessment. Yeah, I think uh, social media is a tricky place for medical professions. And there's there's a stigma. We've talked about it in previous episodes that um, we're the old school people in our professions kind of look down upon that because and, you know, like my dad's a dentist. And when I first started you know, sharing more things on Instagram, he's like, you have to be private. You don't want your patients to find you. You like you need to be very careful. You don't want to get in trouble. And so um, we all kind of have like that in the back of our mind that that was the old school way of thinking. And it's a completely new, new mindset now. But you're right, there's a tough line of setting that boundary of where can we, we can't provide medical advice digitally. So um, all we can do is educate. And Priyanka, you made a great point of that, you know, the people that are coming to you, they're choosing to seek your information. They're choosing to watch that information and they're choosing to educate themselves about their spinal health, about 
um, what they can do better. And those are the patients that you want to bring into your practice and bring into real life are the ones that like want to become better versions of themselves. You don't want the patients that are coming because they feel forced, uh, like the information's forced on them or, you know, I mean, I do have a lot of patients that say, male patients that say, I'm only here because my wife, <laughs> um, and I, that's my classic joke is we wouldn't have any other, we wouldn't have a lot of male patients if it weren't for wives. But, um, I love that it's like people seeking that information from you. And then they're, since they're more educated, they're more likely to follow through, come in for appointments. And I hope that after hearing this, um, episode, all of our listeners, whether you're a dental student, a new dentist like myself, or like a seasoned practice owner, you do seek out um, a good chiropractor that you can build a relationship with and go in for those regular checks because I think that's so important. Um, so thank you for sharing so much about what life has been like for you as a chiropractor, as an entrepreneur, and how you've been using social media to help educate. You also mentioned social media, you share a lot of the tidbits about your life. And I know you recently had a baby. Um, and this is something we talk about on the podcast a lot as well, because it's all um, about raw stories from women in healthcare. And I think motherhood is um, a challenging topic when you've invested so much in your education and there is yeah a huge investment in your career. Um, it's tough to balance motherhood with that as well. So I'm curious the, the lessons that you have learned along the way and your wisdom, if you want to tell us a little bit about your journey with motherhood. Yeah. So, um, I think that the, the circumstances that the, the world that we're in now probably led to me, led me to where I am. Um, I started my career very, um, you know, fixated on, okay, I need to establish myself. I need to make a name for, for myself. I need to build my reputation. I need to build my practice. And so I had a lot of self-imposed, like, you know, I can't even think about starting a family until I reach certain goals or certain milestones. And so I put off the idea until a pandemic happened. And then I realized that I don't have control over a lot of things. And, um, it just didn't make sense to me anymore to hold off on starting a family. Um, and so it just it felt like the right time, like I was in a good place in my life and it felt like I was I was ready on a, a lot of different fronts. And I think that that's really important. I just like, I knew like in my, like in my gut that, okay, this is, this is the right time to start a family. And, um, and I thought it was gonna be a straightforward, like, you know, have a baby, take maternity leave, and then go back to practice. But um, my story wasn't so simple, wasn't so straightforward. I ended up um, quitting my job and starting my maternity leave three months before my due date, um, which ended up being the best thing I could have done for myself because it just allowed me so much time to focus on the huge life-altering event that was about to happen. And so I had three months to just focus on being pregnant and um, preparing for labor and delivery. And, um, and thankfully it ended up paying off. I had an amazing birth experience and my postpartum recovery was, was smooth. And, um, and now I have, you know, I get to really focus on my daughter and, um, and I don't know what's going, what's going to be next for me. I, I was, as me and Pranka were discussing earlier, you know, I, 
I, I don't want to leave her and put her in daycare for something that's mediocre. So it's creating a little bit more, I am, I'm a picky person, um, but now I'm just even more picky about what it is that I do next. Um, it just has to be something that is super satisfying and fulfilling. And you know, maybe it'll be another associateship or maybe it'll be owning a practice. Um, I'm really just open to anything. And um, some days the, I'm completely overwhelmed and other days I'm just buzzing with excitement at how much possibility is out there. That is so beautiful. It sounds like you've been super intentional about your pregnancy, about the birth of your baby, and then about how you're going to re-enter into the workforce from, from that. And I think intention is everything, right? So I love that um, you're not just like rushing from one season to the next. You're really like savoring each moment. You, I love that you took those three months um, at the end of your pregnancy, the last trimester to just like enjoy that process because so many dentists, <laughs> I think, and Priyanka, you, I think you did this, but um, we they like work until I hear the story so many times, women that work until the day that their water breaks. Um, and it's like, that's a lot, that's a lot to handle. And I know um, if you do own a business like Priyanka, you can talk about this as well, but like you, they have that pressure to like go back in. So I think if you have the flexibility what I'm hearing that sounds really appealing to me from you, Nardine, is like, if you have the flexibility and the support and the time to like, be intentional about the opportunities that you pick, because now you have this tiny human in the world that matters a lot to you. And like, your time is even more valuable now. Um, and you don't, you don't want to do something that's not going to fulfill you to the max. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. I mean, really, and it's, so impressive um, that you had the courage and I'm going to use it as courage because I sometimes feel like I didn't have the courage to take the time that I needed um, to take the step back, you know, and do what felt right to you for, you know, for pre-pregnancy, for postpartum. And that is so important. You know, I mean, Shivani mentioned this. I uh, was induced, uh, I, I intended to be induced at 39 weeks myself, and um, I ended that ended up having that ended up being exactly what happened. Uh, and I purposely picked my due date because I wanted to work the weekend, and uh, it's actually just a little after 39 weeks. But I wanted to work the weekend so that I could get induced on a Monday, so that I didn't miss patient hours. Um, but instead, Maya had her own plans, and uh, I ended up being home for a week due to false labor. And the entire time I was like, why am I not working? Uh, that I would have massive contractions and realize that's why I'm not working. Uh, and then I went back after three weeks. Now, I that just is my journey. And unfortunately, that's just the way it had to be for myself. But um, I'd like to think that that came from a specific intention. But in reality, looking back, I did feel slightly that like my hand was forced, even though I own my own practice. Um, so I think it's really just so amazing that you've been able to do this because, you know, I think about just the way life is right now. There's so many wonderful changes that are happening with my daughter, Maya. And um, I, I do feel like I'm missing things, you know, and I think it's so amazing that um, 
you get to be there to witness those things, you know, I, and be able to be part of that, the upbringing while she's so young. It's so hard to balance motherhood and career and business. Um, I like, I, I'm really lucky, I think, in the sense that I, like, I knew I wasn't going to go back to the clinic I was at. So it didn't matter whether I went back after three months, six months or a year, I was going to be starting from scratch anyways. And um, so it was a it was a blessing in disguise that I, I got to I got to take that time to slow down and be intentional. Like you said, it's, it's really unlike me, honestly, I'm usually the type of person to go from one thing to the next. Um, and, you know, I like to know where I'm going and have a have a very clear plan. But um, you know, this, this, this life disruption just taught me to slow down and just be present and take in every, every day as it comes. And it's a really beautiful gift. It's, it's a wonderful thing. So what have you been doing? I know you obviously spend a lot of your day with your daughter. What have you been doing to continue to practice, um, you know, being intentional in your decisions, being present, um, with where you know where you are in life right now. Uh, I think having my routine figured out has been what helps keep me grounded. Um, so having my my non negotiables, um, the things that I need to do for self care. Um, so whether that's my mindfulness practice, meditation, yoga, exercise. Um, and whenever I do like these things also, they, they, it feels like almost like an investment in my future in terms of what's to come. Like, I feel like I'm going to be, when I do go back to work, it's going to be even better because, you know, I've just, I've just done this internal work to, to get ready for it. I will say like, it's, it's hard to, I, I struggled a lot with, you know, my decision to be away from it for a year. Um, you know, it felt like I was going to lose a lot of momentum and, um, with online as well as like with you know with patient care it, it felt like I was missing out and and um so it was it was definitely something that I had to you know like it's okay like life will pick up again <laughs> I'm not gonna lose out on things and people who matter they'll still be there and even if I'm not you know super rigorous at posting like all my educational content stuff it's okay the people will, you know, people understand that it's just, this is my time right now to enjoy my time with my daughter. Absolutely. It's so hard to take, not put pressure on yourself to constantly be producing, to hustle, to like be hashtag boss babe. You know, I think that's like what we've been so conditioned to do and it takes daily effort and reminders. I don't even have a kid and I still have to like remind myself like, it's okay to just like, go slow, live in the moment. And living in Japan has been a blessing because that is so much of like the mindset here is like slow living. And I live on a small island, which is even more like island life. So it's very much the like concept of just enjoying every single moment. And I saw this quote recently that I really love um, about like, you'll never get this moment again with yourself. And this can be true if you have children as well. Like you'll never like get this time back. So really enjoy it and really savor like exactly where you are right now and whether or not it's a hard place, like 
maybe it's not the most positive place that you're at, but you, you'll never get that back. And so things will constantly change. Life will constantly change. And, um, I know for me and my personal experience, when I was just starting out in dentistry and I was working part-time and all I wanted was a full-time job. So like all, while I was working part-time, the stuff, the things that I did in my time off was search for a full-time job. And now I'm kicking myself because I would love to work part-time and like have all this free time to do what I want. And I look back and, and I see like, why didn't I just enjoy the free time that I had then? And just like be in the moment and know that like, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Like you've worked hard, you've invested in your education. Like you, yes, you do have to be an active participant in your own story and your own success, but you're not going to get further, faster and a happier, healthier way if you're like grinding all the time. And so like to not, I guess my point of saying this is for dental students, for associates, for people who are like thinking of starting a family, or if you're in the position that I was at, like where you're in a position, but you want something else, like enjoy where you're at right now, because you never know when you're going to get that again. And like, can you, can you see the glass half full? Can you like see the positive of it? Can you see the fact that maybe it's an opportunity, um, that there is a beautiful opportunity in the situation that you're in? So that's my two cents on that. I love that. I think we always need those reminders. I mean, it's so easy to just get wrapped up in what you're doing, the daily grind, you know, the next commitment, anything like that. And so it's, it's so important. Shivani, I love that quote, take a moment for yourself. And I think, you know, that applies to moments, like for me, it applies to moments with my kids, but then also really does apply to moments for myself like, like me. And I think that that's what sometimes is so hard when you're trying to juggle all of these things is you lose yourself sometimes in all of it. And I wouldn't even say sometimes a lot of the times in it. And I think um, taking the time to do those daily practices, taking those moments for yourself really does help um, recenter, you know, why, 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 you why you're going about your day to begin with you know yeah absolutely um Nardina I guess I have a question for you uh and you can take this it's an open-ended question but what would did you find challenging with the transition between full-time job and practicing and then into like full-time motherhood like I know um, motherhood's different experience for everyone. It's always going to be uniquely your own experience, but were there things that you wish someone had told you before, or were there things that like now looking back that you would have advice for ways to prepare if someone's going down a similar path? So I alluded to earlier how I spent all this time preparing for labor and and the birthing process. Um, But I realized in hindsight, shortly after I had the baby, um, is that I did very little prep for what happens postpartum, like I knew what was going to happen, but I didn't prepare for the mindset shift and the lifestyle shift that literally just happens overnight. So um, 
you know, my advice for anyone, you know, if anyone's about to go through this journey um, is to um, also consider, you know, what the the shift is. It's going to be because you're, you're, two people are born when there's, um, a, you know, after, after birth, baby and a mother. And so there's this huge um, transformation and who you are, as well as, you know, just how you live your life. And I didn't prepare for that. And I wish I did. Um, there's a really great book called uh, The Fourth Trimester, uh, which has a really wonderful um, way of breaking down like all of the um, kind of mental, physical ways you can take care of yourself uh, postpartum. Um, and yeah, it was just this like, all of a sudden now, my life is no longer my own. And, um, you know, I have this little, little creature to take care of. And this is just this little thing that's just so helpless. And, um, you know, there's the whole, like, the struggle of learning how to breastfeed and, and all of the, the, the this very steep learning curve that happens. And then I remember very vividly feeling like, okay, so my time isn't my own anymore. Like, you know, if I'm on a two or three hour feeding schedule, it's almost like this leash that's all of a sudden put on you. And my husband has been a wonderful support through all of this, but I remember feeling a little resentful, like, you know, he's now a parent too, but his life isn't dramatically changed like mine is. Like he can go and do whatever he wants. He can go to work for, he can be out of the house for eight hours and, you know, everything's going to be fine. But, you know, I have to think about, is she going to be fed? Is she going to be well taken care of? And um, yeah, that, that I was not ready for, you know, something logically I should have anticipated, but um, it, no one really talks about that uh, a whole lot. I'm starting to see more and more people coming out and being like, you know, we need to talk about what happens postpartum. And um, and I'm really happy to see that shift because I wish that that was there when I was going through it. Oh, yeah. I Everything that you said is 100% resonated. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, Savannah, like you mentioned, you know, your journey is your own. So I think everyone feels like I have to go through it alone, but you don't. For some reason, you know, I this the same thing happened to me. I prepared and prepared for labor and all those things, and then I haven't had an idea of what was to come afterwards because I knew I was going back to work quickly. But you really don't know until you know and go through it. And I think that, uh, like you, like exactly what you mentioned, you just feel like there's just there's so much going on, and you know, you're trying to figure out how to navigate it all and you're attached to this human that needs you, especially if you're making the decision to, you know, breastfeed. And um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of information out there. And you try to figure out like, why not, you know, and all of a sudden, you have these conversations with other women, and everyone's going through the same thing. And it's like, why is this not out, out in the open, this kind of ties back to what we've talked about with Instagram and social media before, you know, we are, craving this information and we want this information we want to understand and learn and it would be amazing if there were more platforms that would give us that act would, would give us that access to this knowledge yeah. you know absolutely and I think that as new moms I feel like almost like it's an obligation to serve 
you know, the new moms that come after us. And so I've made a point to, you know, if I know someone in my community um, who has just given birth, I think it's really important to show them that support, whether it's their first time, second time, third time. I think, um, you know, we have each other and like kind of paying it forward. Like I remember all the kindness and support that was shown to me after I gave birth and thinking like, wow, like I don't know what I would have done without you know, my tribe coming through and, and, and the support for my community. So we all have to be there for each other. Um, you know, I think we can be a little bit more proactive in helping establish our support systems beforehand. But, you know, if, if, if that's for whatever reason didn't happen, um, I think that, you know, we should be reaching out and, um, and giving back and kind of helping them with this beautiful, amazing transition. So now that you've kind of been, you know, been a mother for now over these last five months, uh, how are you feeling in terms of going back to work? What does that look like for you? Have you um, thought about what that timeline is and how comfortable, I guess the really raw question is how comfortable are you with where you are right now? and making the decision to kind of not have, potentially not have a plan. <laughs> Every day is <laughs> a little different. Um, I think that one thing that helps um, right now is that I'm not completely like out of the loop with when it comes to um, my, my career. I think like keeping things on the go that help bring me closer to where I want to be and potentially like talking to and meeting people that may lead to an opportunity. Um, I think have been a little bit, um, that ha I think those are strategies that I, ha that keep me a bit grounded and keep me from going insane. Um, so, you know, continuing to do my community work with the local women physicians group, um, continuing to have an online presence, you know, doing stuff like this, like podcast recordings, um, talking to mentors and people who are working in different areas. Um, I think those are all things that help make the discomfort a little bit bear more bearable um, and help shape what it is that I, I, I want to see myself doing. Like I, I want to do something, I want to do something different. I want to do something that sets my soul, my heart on fire. And, um, and you know, finding that opportunity, it's it's not as straightforward as I thought it would be. And I've had you know times when I came really close to to getting what I what I feel like I wanted, and then it doesn't work out. And it's like you know, it feels like these doors are being shut. But I'm still optimistic that something will open up. Oh, I love that you want to do something that sets your heart on fire. I, oh, I love that so much. So I'm, re I just started listening or re-listening to a Gabby Bernstein book or audio. Uh, you are your guru. I think that's the title. Uh, and she, if you're familiar with it, she has lessons or like mantras. Each chapter is like a different mantra. And one is, um, I surrender to creative solutions. So like, I love how open-minded you are about this season in your life of not boxing yourself in being like, I need to do 
X, Y, Z, and this is the way that it's going to be because the best opportunities are the ones that like, you don't even know exist or like that organically come up. Right. And so like your journey with your social media, like you didn't, that wasn't something that you like sat and be like, this is my intention and this is what I'm going to do. It just kind of like organically happened. So I love that mantra and that affirmation of just saying like, I surrender to creative solutions because you're just being open to whatever will come. And then um, another one that she talks about is about inspired action. Like having, taking inspired action is better than taking just like action because you feel obligated to. So like truly feeling like you're aligned with the action that you want to take, that you're feeling lit up about it, that it's, it's purposeful to you, um, that it sets your heart on fire. And then when you take inspired action, you feel that like natural momentum and you like feel that pull towards doing, doing what it is, doing the hard work. You know, sometimes the things that we want to do are messy and they require hard work, but it doesn't necessarily feel like that when you feel inspired and when you're taking action from that type of place. So uh, I think that's a beautiful lesson for for everyone, for mothers, for entrepreneurs, for uh, if you're feeling like currently stuck in wherever you are, it's okay to feel stuck or it's okay to feel like you just want to enjoy that moment. You just want to be open to creative solutions um, and wait until you feel ready to take that inspired action. So something I'm leaning into right now, because we all put, I put so much pressure on myself of like, okay, what's the next thing that I need to do? Like, I need to always be doing something and instead just waiting until that inspiration hits. So saying this more as a reminder to myself. (laughs) I think we talked about a lot today. We talked about spinal health, chiropractics, about entrepreneurship, motherhood, like wellness in general. So we covered a lot. Were there any other messages that were really important with you to share with our audience? Is there any like last bits of um, wisdom you wanted to share? Um, I think just in general, and I think it kind of ties all of our conversations. Um, and this, there's this one quote by uh, Robin Sharma that I've kind of had in front of me, um, like pinned just to just to remind me. And it speaks to me now as a new mom. Um, and I feel like it would speak to dentists and dental students as well. Um, you can't be great if you don't feel great. Make exceptional health your number one priority. Um, and uh, that kind of sets the tone for my day so that I know, okay, I need to prioritize. Am I eating well? Am I getting the movement that my body craves? Um, and then that just makes me a better mom. And um, and I think that that's something everyone can live by. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, love I love that quote. You got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, Priyanka, do you have any last questions for Nardine or last messages you want to get out? No, Nardine, thank you so much for, you know, sharing your journey. I think it's, you know, it's been so inspirational that you've really taken the time to honor every part of, you know, who you are. I think it's so important. Um, we forget a as people, and I guess, especially as working moms, that, you know, we have to take care of ourselves. As a dentist, I have to take care of my spinal health, I have to take care of, you know, my body, if I have, want to have a long career, but then I also have to make sure that I am intentional with what I do at home with my daughter as well. And I think you have really 
that I think you have really inspired me, you know, to, to sit back and really, um, I don't know, really savor the moments that I have, you know, and that it doesn't make me any less of a professional because I'm making those decisions and making those choices. And that is always a fear, right? Is that you feel like you're strapped, you're, you're torn between these identities that you have in your life. And it doesn't have to be one or the other um, for you to still be able to honor both. So thank you so much for just being here. You know, I really appreciate everything that you've had to say today. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. We appreciate uh, all the information you shared. We'll see you on Instagram at Curly Cairo. And uh, thanks for all of our listeners for staying tuned in today. Take care. Yeah.